If you believe that math is math and numbers are numbers, and if you just control the controllables and just handle what's in your control, everything's going to even out. Whether it happens on Monday and Tuesday and nothing happens the rest of the week, or that it all happens on a Thursday. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, damn, we're well behind and math isn't math. And I'm like, dude, just believe that math is math. Stop looking defeated and have faith in it. And math became math. So the numbers are always the damn numbers. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. You're live. Let's do it. Um, I'm fucking pissed off today. I lost my so I didn't get sleep last night. I lost my fucking car key. Then I found my car key, but I'm still pissed off that I lost it for the hour and a half. And um, yeah, a couple issues with clients and stuff. So I'm fucking fired up. I hope everybody's fucking strapped in, ready for fucking today. How you feeling, big dog? <laughs> I actually feel pretty damn good. I'm having a good day. Good. I just increased my booster seat so I can feel as if I'm not so tiny on the counter. I'm just hanging out here. It's nice. I like that little thing. I had a good workout. What is that? So the people that we bought this house from, she was actually an amazing artist. So one of the rooms was actually her art studio. And then this here is actually driftwood from Flathead Lake, which is what we overlook. Oh, sick. And it's Flathead Lake is fucking beautiful. Like we got the Rockies right there. We got Flathead Lake. Flathead Lake is the largest freshwater lake, like west of the Mississippi. Sick. So she actually made that. Uh, I mean, it was a bummer because the people we bought the home from, this was, I think, their second home. Had a place in Arizona, but and she unfortunately had, I think, terminal cancer. Yeah. So they were selling this, and uh, but yeah, so she made she made the, that. That's driftwood from the lake. So you bought the house. Also, and it, that came with it. When we bought the house, we got a pretty good deal because it pretty much came completely furnished. Um, we ended up getting rid of some of the couch like that they had downstairs in the in the living room or TV room, what the fuck it's called. They like one of the bed the bed they had in the master. Like we got rid of that. Um but a lot of the stuff was actually pretty much furnished like the kitchen table. We have another awesome painting over here that she did. It's like eight feet and stuff like that. Sick, so dude. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna buy, I guess at the uh, top of the fucking housing market, you might as well get yeah, throw in some driftwood, the, dude. <laughs> throw um, in some driftwood so we can make it feel tip like we got a deal. house. If you're gonna try to maximize this fucking craze housing prices, just throw in some driftwood, make it all good. I actually, so Z's uncle is, um, so my wife's uncle, he has a, a yacht company. So okay. he's got a pretty damn big yacht company. They're based out of San Diego, but they also have offices in like North Carolina, I think, all over. And he's got an amazing story where he started at the bottom, like literally at the bottom where he was cleaning the barnacles off of boats. That's how he got involved. And I think he was a great salesperson as well. And then literally built himself up. I think he bought the company, maybe at one point almost lost it, bought it up. They're fucking killing it. Like just mega growth. Um, And uh, I literally just completely forgot why I brought that up. Oh, so kind of like going into housing. And I think one of the things that helps with this is obviously it's like staging homes. Yeah. It helps you like if you're looking at it, cause it allows people to visualize it or maybe they couldn't see it. Like if this place wasn't already furnished, like I probably wouldn't have been able to see how some of the stuff would work. And it yeah. really helped me. 
one of the things that they did, one of the ways that they actually sell their yachts. So this is kind of like a competitive edge, an advantage that they get over their competition is that his wife is an interior designer and yeah. she's phenomenal at it. So they stage all their yachts. So how do you get like, obviously, I guess, obviously maybe this is maybe more of a stereotype, but men are the ones that are more interested in buying the yacht. So they have yeah. to get the, the the wives on board. How do they get the wives on board? They Make stage it, it with nice. all this beautiful furniture. They're able to probably charge more. I don't know anything about their pricing. It's a fucking yacht, so it ain't cheap. Right. But I imagine it increases the value exponentially. So it increases their margin because of the furniture by people being able to see it, but especially getting the wives on board for this extravagant fucking purchase. That's what Toll um, does. Which I think really good at show, showing like the end result. It's like, don't let people, I actually had a conversation with Hatbro yesterday about this, about like semi-private and they're like, what uh -huh. are the things we're using? I'm like, none of this matters, dude. I'm like, you need to understand that, translate it to what it means to the client because they, they only care about the end result. So like we use methods such as blank so that you can given the benefit yeah. because like features don't matter. Um, so yeah, it's, they're selling that end result. And that's where people get stuck. They're like, Oh, it's these features. This is like, people don't, people don't get it. Right. Especially in fitness or even if you're selling, even coaching to a degree, yeah, unilateral you training, know, centric training, progressive. Yeah, it's like, like none of that means anything. You're speaking. And well, somebody who speaks trainers English. get stuck because they're trying to impress other trainers. They're trying to impress other fitness professionals, not actually help their fucking clients. It's just Damn, their ego. I'm so happy you said so, this dude. So they're trying to like, it's, it's like, hey, that doesn't matter. And that was one of the things that we, we grew Legion very, very simply. We talked about this amazing transformation that they were going to get. Did it completely different than everybody else. And our system was and is brutally effective. But it's, it's like you have other trainers that are like, oh, well, we do this and we do this. I'm like, well, our people actually get results because they right. can – that we're able to get them to understand that the intangible because it's not like we're selling them fucking cake. So, so many people get caught up in trying to impress other people in their field as opposed to actually helping their clients. Right. They're trying to do the way that they swing. speak. Yeah. So and say it's like you have to identify, like, especially when it comes to small group personal training, which is also like I consider semi private or large group training, whatever your service is, it's what is the customer's problem? Where do they want to go? So here's, you're solving the problem by selling them your solution. And that's what you're doing. Stop giving you know, them you, the vehicle, give them the destination. Yeah, they don't care about like the vehicle. They they don't care about what, like, and also it's, do they really understand the difference between small group training and large group? No. So if you offer both services as a professional, you have to tell them what's best for them. That's what's going to get them to translate trainers fastest. speak to everyday fitness people speak. It's mm -hmm. your job to like paint the picture for them and show them because if they knew they would already be there. And then I think yep. I used this before and I'm so excited to use it again. You can tell how much I like Jay-Z, but <laughs> he said, great Jay-Z lyric. I dumb down for my audience and double my dollar. They criticized me for it, but they all yell holler. Keep it simple, dude. Give them the end result. Like you're not trying to impress people at all your training messes. Like dumb down, make more money, help more people, get more success, right? Like, and all the other trainers will make fun of you while you're rolling through and, you know, like Jay-Z yeah. and Rolls Royce and Ferraris. The gyms that do the worst, the ones that I see that are not profitable, that are fucking stuck, are the ones that are the most complicated. And that's and that is a 100% barrier to, in my opinion, nearly every business, especially service-based businesses, where it's like, you know, you talk to them, they're like, oh, we're doing like 10 grand, 15 grand. We got this service. 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 And then it's like, oh, well, gym owner over here did 80 grand in the month and they only have this one service. 
you know, so it's like, and their margin is fucking insane. And it's I feel like easy they try to, model. to train the team. Like, like a professional trainer who's training LeBron James. And of course there's like one in a billion that's going to get that job. And like we do all these cutting edge training and they, and they overcomplicate everything for everybody. And so it's like, dude, there's like, yeah. that's a very, very niche market. And like, don't try to like force it on everybody and everybody. That's It's a very niche market, but also at the same time, like there's still, if I'm training a professional athletes, I used to train pros too. You still have your system of training that you're going to use for them. Right. And you are going to like, you're going to need to customize it based off the individual, the position and the goals and all that shit. So same fucking thing. But I know I'm, if I'm training athletes, I'm not taking on other people, generally speaking, especially if I'm working in the pros. And also it's not even that fucking glamorous of a job. I remember when I was in school and I didn't really know what my future was. When I originally went to college, I wanted to be a gym teacher. I was like, cool. I could, you know, teach exercise and people to be fit, you know, as a career, like this is awesome. So I originally was originally going to go for art. I switched over for exercise science when I discovered it was a thing. And then my plan was to be a gym teacher. Then I learned that I could be like a strength and conditioning coach. And I was a meathead in a strength and conditioning at the time. And I was like, cool, I can like train athletes. Like this is going to be a blast. Yeah. I love clanging and banging weights. And then I was going through it. I actually failed. So I was going to go get my master's. Now I graduated. This is going to be me toot my own horn. I did graduate college with just under a 4.0, a 3.87 GPA. And, you know, so I fucking crushed it. But when I went to go, I was like, cool, I'll go become a strength and conditioning coach. And the life of a strength and conditioning coach, like you become an assistant strength and conditioning coach, you work for fucking like, while you're getting your degree, you give them free labor. Because you're going to work for maybe a little bit or you're going to work for fucking free tuition. You're going to do that for a couple of years. And then afterwards, you're going to get a job making 20 to 30 fucking grand. And then it's going to be a high turnover because if the main coach gets fired, the strength and conditioning coach gets fired, the team, then they bring in their own fucking people. And then you have this like rotation. And then maybe eventually you'll get up to a high spot. And it's really not even paying a lot. Like now the the, the pay is a little bit better for a few select colleges and programs. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I was like, that's that's the fucking journey. And luckily, I actually pretty much bombed my fucking GMATs. So the the exam to get into graduate school, I and I, I tanked my fucking SATs. Like I'm I'm actually pretty good at test taking when I kind of understand the formula. And I didn't do anything for either one of them, and I straight bombed. Um, so as a result, it's like I guess I'm not going to go get my master's. So I'm not going to go and fucking become a gym t uh, a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and all things actually end up working well because then I fucking discovered essentially personal training, yeah. went down on this path after Everything being a pass control tech. Reason. Everything happens for a reason, but I don't even remember why I actually brought that up. But um, I literally um, have no idea where, where that came from. Maybe you were trying business. to specialize and then, you know, you kind of failed at that and good thing you did. And you kind of like found like helping so many more people instead of being this like genius trainer who can only help one person ever. And it's a very niche market. Yeah. And I made it in there. And yeah. I mean, I, like, made when I, first, story. I don't even know if that's where you're going with it. I don't know if that's accurate, but we'll go with it. We'll roll with it. dude. Uh, that's Bob's yeah. Life. Fuck it. Print it. <laughs> yeah. Print it. Today it. we were literally going to talk about, we got so off topic. We were talking about like teams and holding teams accountable and like yeah. the, um, the, the, that sales is just math. And if you know math and believe that math is math, you can be successful at sales. It's all it takes just a belief in math. Well, and I would actually, I'd say it's not even just sales. It's all of business. True. At the end of the day, like, so in, uh, 
and it's funny because like you were showing me last night like the behind the scenes of what you're doing with the sales your sales team that's really fucking exponentially growing and that's been a bottleneck for me yeah in gym academy is really like developing and growing the sales team um but also like if i look back at historically for me even through legion and scaling legion like a bottleneck's always been me and i'm a great leader but then like managing and the accountability has always been somewhere where i probably not excelled uh so you showed me the behind the scenes and it was really really cool so we wanted to jam yeah. on that but you were saying like sales is math i'd say it's like beyond that like every level of accountability inside of a business is math like sam always used to say sam Bakhtiari used to always say men lie women lie numbers don't and for the most part, that's 100% accurate. I had a good buddy of mine that's uh, just a phenomenal uh, CFO. And he's like, I can fucking manipulate numbers to tell me anything that I want. But at the end of the day, for our purposes, especially managing teams Real and stuff numbers. like that, I think it's, yeah, I think it's 100% accurate. So like when I was, when I worked at LA Fitness, they would always say like control the controllables and everything yeah. will average out numbers are numbers. And I kind of took that to heart. And I tell stories about my guys when they're down and they're not selling things. You know, hey, there were months when I did car sales and I was at, you know, zero cars halfway through the month and I haven't gotten a single, you know, car sold. And I was scared. Mm-hmm. And um, the end of the month, ended up crushing it. Ended up being yeah. okay. So I have this like saying that math is math. And if you believe that and what we did was I strategically didn't bring this up to them for a while. And then we started looking at their numbers. And I said, so you make X amount of calls, 10% are going to pick up and 20% of those 10% are going to close. And that has held true through and through day after day, week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter. It just doesn't change. It always adds up. And this last week, we had like a little bit of a down week. We came off mm-hmm. of like a heater like two, three weeks ago. And I started writing everybody, here's how many calls we're going to make. Here's how many people are going to pick up. And here's how many people are going to close. And every day we went over how many calls we made and we did the percentages. And like Wednesday, everybody was down a little bit, right? And they were behind like 7% were picking up, 10% were closing. We were behind. It's like, guys, you look defeated, you look down. But I think you believe that 10% is always 10%, 20% is always 20%. If the only thing we control is how many calls we make, and how effective we are when the people pick up, and how, how good our pitch is. And if we control those to the best of our abilities, we'll be at 10%, and then you'll close 20% of those. There's nothing about it. And got them all riled up. And we kind of talked about, you know, if you're digging for gold, or there, there was this, like, picture of a guy digging for gold, and he stops, like, right before he reaches the gold and walks away, and then the other guy is still picking away. And I'm like, okay, so we're here and growth doesn't happen. Like it's not linear, right? It's just like nothing, nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, boom, you crush everything, right? And it skyrockets. So I'm like, are you going to take your pick and walk away and be a little bitch? Or are you going to keep digging and catch the gold? I'm like, because today's the day. And yesterday they blew the shit up. Um, You know, Dave signed six, uh, Mike signed like three or four. They blew it up. And to the fucking T, how many people picked up? How many they closed? They were well above 10 and 20%, but for the week, 
Guess what? It put them right on the 10%, 20% mark. It put them right back exactly where math is. And it's like, if you believe that math is math and numbers are numbers, and if you just control the controllables and just handle what's in your control, everything's going to even out. Whether it happens on Monday and Tuesday and nothing happens the rest of the week, or that it all happens on a Thursday. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like, damn, we're well behind and math isn't math. And I'm like, dude, just believe that math is math. Stop looking defeated and have faith in it. And math became math. So the numbers are always the damn numbers. You can just control your input. You'll always so sales shouldn't give anybody anxiety. Because you just know, and I'm speaking to sales, I know you said it's business, but mm. you know that if your input is X, you control your 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 your, your income. So be like, I, I want stability, I want a salary. Well, if you control what you put in, you know the numbers. I will challenge you a bit on that. Or I, I, I agree with I agree with you, but if you can have somebody that is you know putting the numbers in mm-hmm. and they still suck and don't have the skill, then the math isn't going to add up well, because but I, but they I might have the connect though. rates, but they may not have the close rates. But I covered that right. So if yeah. you control how many calls you make and your pitch, your pitch has to be on point. And that also helps you identify weaknesses. So if you're getting the 10% pickup rate, but you're not closing 20%, you know it's yeah. in your pitch and in your close. Uh, I'd also disagree with that because you could have the best pitch in the world, but I believe the sale is made in discovery. The sale is made in discovery uh, and then the pre-pitch. Correction, pitch, I mean your sales call, how you conduct your whole okay. sales call. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, I'm like, bro, okay, you're yeah. challenging me on something that you know you agree with. I'm like, are you just doing this <laughs> well, for the views or what are you challenging No, me I ain't doing it for the views. I'm just like, <laughs> because when I think the the really good point about that though is, and this is where a lot of people think of it, because this is what we always talk about in, in gyms. You know, gyms that are successful are the ones, especially when it comes on the sales process. It's not so much like, and it's also funny, I was thinking about this as we were starting to go into this. You hear from so many people that are in sales or sales managers, sales directors, and fucking sales gurus and shit like that. And they believe that fitness is one of the most difficult things to sell, sell which I find to be hilarious. And I don't know if it's accurate or not, because it's really what I started with. And I find fitness sales to be relatively easy. Yeah. But when somebody's, and this is where the numbers are really important. And this is also at the same time where people struggle is they don't do it with a long enough time horizon on it where it's like, Hey, if we make, let's say for a gym, it's like, I want you to make a hundred phone calls because I know if you make a hundred phone calls, it's going to essentially average out where you're setting 10 to 20 appointments, you know, as a result of that. But some days you might make a hundred phone calls and you'll get zero pickups. Right. And then the next day you might only be able to make 50 calls because you fucking had 50 people pick up, you know, your connect rate is through the roof. And that's where I think people get stuck is like they, they do it for one, two or three days. And then in the days, they don't, as you say, the math doesn't add up. So then they just stop. They're like, oh, this doesn't work. But you have to do it over time. It's like the probably, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. Probably like the law of averages. Where yeah, we do it long enough, it all balances out. Sometimes you have great, in, you know, in like, let's say high ticket sales, like you have great or car sales, you have a great start to the month. Right. Or you might have a great end to the month or slow, right. but it's. The effort that you put in, and this is another thing that I've noticed over the years, especially in gyms, and we saw this all the time at my gyms. And this is why it comes back to having the data, having the the measurables broken down, and then using your scorecards because of two things. One, a mistake that business owners make is they wait until the end of the month. Are we profitable or not profitable? So you should know on a daily and a weekly basis if you're on track or off track from hitting your targets. Yes. That's the whole point of having, you know, especially for a sales team. It's like, what are the measurables that we have to have? Is it the, you know, calls being made, text being made, 
pickups, scheduled appointments, like appointments that I had booked, show-ups, closes, because then where I can see the numbers are off, like we were talking about yesterday, that's where you can then train on. And that's where you can improve it. And I talk about this all the time. It's like, if you're, let's say not having a good, because so many people are like, I just need more people in the door. I need to get more show-ups. People aren't showing up to my appointments. People aren't showing up to my appointments. But if you're closing at 25% for a gym, I'd be like, I don't even want more motherfuckers coming in your gym because you can't even sell them when they come in. So let's fix your fucking closing percentage because it's generally easy get you a you really in my opinion should be closer to 75 percent, but at least above 50 percent is are measurable right so i want you to get you as close to 75 percent as possible but you know so if i can get that up then we can worry about like fixing the rest but a lot of times if you know people aren't getting the appointments that they need it's the calls it's like how many calls we're making well oh i did it you know they might have a good week because of all the calls they made the week before they have a ton of appointments and then they don't make any of those calls and then the week gets slow you know, that's another kind of thing that ends up happening too. Um, but it's totally true. I think a lot of people don't maybe trust the numbers. You think that's a thing? Yeah. Where they don't no, trust you it. Have to, you have to believe math is math. You have to believe that 10% will always be 10%, 20. And I'm using these numbers because they're the numbers that the guys are using. But yeah, you got to believe that 10% will always be 10%, 20% will always be 20%. If you believe that if you multiply a number by 0.2, that, that's 20%, then there's no way you can be wrong. But it, it's almost yeah. like, for a sales rep and for a manager or business owner, it's uh, very like relieving to be able to know that I can look at this and it's like you're pressure testing something like a piping system in a house and you're identifying where the leak is and you say, okay, 10% is, yep, we're getting the pickups. So the calls are, the, the calls are there. We have enough pickups, 10%, yeah. cool. And then boom, oh, we're, the close rate is 12%. What's going on here? And then we could know, okay, we need to work on our pitch. And we found out one of the reps is like, man, I dropped two calls that I could have closed. Like, damn, that would have put you at yeah. 20%. Yep. You know, so it, it, it helps you identify exactly where that leak is so you can fix the right thing. You're not just over here dealing with ambiguous, like objections in the close and a sale. Like you got to know what problem yeah. you're solving. 100%. Well, I think because that was so like simple. And where this came from, because we were jamming, I was like, ah. Uh, where were we jamming? Well, when we were talking via just text message, we were just like, I need to improve. Um, He's not going to say it. Sales team. Well, then we fucking, well, then I'm getting there. And then you're like, yo, I got to show you this thing that I'm doing. It's fucking killing it. It's been the, one of the best things I've implemented. And I think I was like, I'm not going to the fucking metaverse. Got <laughs> like, him in the metaverse, boys. <laughs> in your stupid metaverse office that you love. Um, but I mean, it was, it was cool, but no, it was cool. I think I was, it was funny because it's when we in GOS, which was the gym operating system we've created for our clients at gym Academy, you know, there's, there's four components to really truly your OS for a gym, your operating system. And in data, we have two major things. We have our, our one page stat sheets, so our OPSS, and then the OPSS is essentially fed by our scorecard and every single team member on your team has to have a scorecard. Yeah. But if we're not using the data from the scorecards to then educate the team so they can know in real time if they're not hitting their targets, what they can then see through the data to then go ahead and improve self-correct. it. Self-correct. And self-correct. But then also know how to like ask the questions where it's like, hey, if a team member is like not hitting their numbers, they're like, hey, I'm not hitting my numbers. I took a look at the data and my closing percentage isn't good. I'm actually just struggling with my pitch yeah. of the sales call. Can we work on, on the pitch? Yeah. And that's like, cool. We're going to, you know, the training today. We're going to take a look and we're going to dive into the pitch or even better. They're like, Hey, I noticed that I'm not having enough appointments. And so I took a look in. So I'm increasing my dials. 
Yeah. You know, and I noticed that I wasn't keeping up with my dials. My actual total volume was down. So I was reporting my, you know, sometimes those like, those are your, those are your key indicators, but they, they are somewhat of a lagging indicator. Yeah. Like your, your P and L is a lagging indicator. Yeah, of course. And too many people use that as a leading indicator. So you want to look at the things that are going to be the leading indicators, those major KPIs, those measurables that are going to get you to the outcome that you want. But then it's also, it doesn't matter if you have that shit, if you actually don't fucking use it, if you don't right. coach your sure. team on it, get them better you on gotta it. You got to use it. So that's, the data is no yeah. good unless you use it to train them and, and, and you know, inspire and improve your team. I mean, the yeah. reason I brought you into the metaverse to show you is because one, I wanted to say I got you in there because you get so mad when I say stuff about the metaverse. But two is to actually show you how we implemented this, right? How stupidly simple and it's nothing fancy, but how every meeting we have, we sit in a circle here and there's a big whiteboard and we go up and we call out our numbers and put them up there every day. So they're staring in our face every single day, every morning and every meeting. They're just right there in the middle of the room numbers are there there's no hiding from our numbers so we have to be accountable to that and that's front and center in front of everybody like the tech yeah. team's looking at your numbers marketing team's looking at your numbers customer service is looking at you everybody's looking at your numbers and you have to share them and be proud of them every morning it was really good and it was confirming to see the changes that we're making because i was jamming with joey's panic um on some of the changes that we're making working with really the sales team but we have everybody come together for these meetings too yeah um but essentially how we're going to be running is very similar. Whereas Monday is much more of a total scorecard review of previous week. Um, and then we're also taking a look at month to date, essentially I'm like, what, what our targets were, the goals we set, are we on track? What's it looking? What are we projecting to? Yeah. Then we'll be looking into the individual scorecards and yeah. then having those areas that we can then, you know, work on and, and feedback. And then the rest of the week, it's like literally just diving into the daily numbers. Yeah. Like, what is your daily scorecard looking like? Where are we on track? Where are we off track? What are we training on as a result That's of what our numbers are telling thing. us? So it's like, cool. It's like literally the same thing to yeah. it, you know? And it's, uh, so that's one of the things that we've, I, our structure necessarily hasn't been great. And I think this is probably something for a lot of people, like as you're growing a business, you can get away in maybe initial stages, especially if you're the founders that's involved. Um, because of maybe just the intrinsic knowledge or whatever and the expertise and the additional stuff. But when you're really trying to get teamed up there, like you have to go. And this is where I think a lot of business owners struggle and myself included is making sure that you are consistently pouring into the team, train them up to develop, help them develop the skills to get them better. Um, and ultimately like if the team isn't performing, like you have to really take it look internally, like where am I fucking up? Because if they're not hitting the targets that I want, then either I've set improper targets yeah. or I haven't been giving them the tools and the resources in order to be successful. Right. right. If anyone wants to wonder what it's like to work for case, it's very immature. Um, so one of our team members, he's actually my cousin. All right. So I have every right to just bash the shit out of him. He keeps telling us he works. He's an asshole. He asks a bunch of questions and never takes the advice. Right. Everybody else has a six pack set for him, but he keeps telling us his way is right. And he's been eating the same way forever. <laughs> So we did like his before and after and we did like this jacked, ripped, like shredded up like bodybuilder. And then we did like the before and then the after was a picture of like MA at, and we put 49% body fat and we stretched the image <laughs> out and we're like messing with him and stuff. And we like, you know, because he's an asshole. He never, he never takes any of our advice. So we were just like teasing him and we kept it up on the board for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> I think I though, down. I think there is a really cool lesson in that though where i think a lot of people underestimate the importance 
and culture. And it is so critical. Like in Hapro, you got a great culture with your team. Yeah. In Case Connect, I think one of the reasons is even like earlier in the week, we were jamming on ads and all that stuff. We were talking about other stuff. We were talking about even like your competition and stuff like that and how you just fucking surpass them so fast. Yeah. And we talked about like one of the things and it's part of it is the the culture that you've um, deliberately created, but also led by. Whereas yeah. if you could have all this, you could have all the data and all this stuff, but if your culture fucking sucks and they realize that the leader doesn't give a shit, it doesn't care. That person's not pouring in. Right. Then like, it's nothing's good. It doesn't even matter. Like people aren't going to be serious about I'm it. They're not going to go above of, and beyond. I'm going to actually going to put a clip of us in the, in the metaverse. We, you know that you don't listen to Drake, but like him and 21 Savage has a song called back outside. How do you know I don't listen to Drake? Cause you don't. Do you listen to Drake? No. no. Thank you. I don't. <laughs> so there's a song called Back Outside Boys, right? We call uh, Tyler and John the Pamphlet Boys when they don't sign because they give everybody info. So we play Back Outside Boys and we, call it, <laughs> we sing the Pamphlet Boys and we're in there rapping. But like there was another company that threw shots at us, right? And they're like, we can't share due to NDAs. <laughs> and they tried to like throw shots. And like one line in the song was, Try to bring the drum to us. He ain't know how we cha-cha slide. So like we were bumping it because we, we we wrote an ad back and we played this to like throw a shot back at them and let them know like we heard you. We don't, we're not scared of no drama, right? And then <laughs> in the morning meeting, we're all rapping like trying to bring the drum to him. He ain't know how we cha-cha slide. And we're all, all the avatars are rapping and laughing and blasting the music. And like, that was for us. We're like, yeah, dude, shots fired back, man. We're ready. We're not afraid. That's like, hilarious. Let's go to war, you know? I so love like, that. Yeah, our culture is just whacked. I, if we feel like we're literally at like World War Three with other lead gen companies if they mention our name. <laughs> Even if they don't. And I think that was actually like at the very, very beginning, like the foundational component was in the early stages of Casey Connect was the fact that like your now clients were getting ripped off yeah. by all these other said fucking agencies. Right. Like, and I've, I've talked to people, I've been at events I was at an event or whatever, not maybe six months to a year, maybe a year ago. The guy's like, oh, I'm getting into like, you know, advertising for PI attorneys because we can fucking charge them so much. I'm like, so that's. That's the mentality that will screw you. That's like, and so many, and there's so many business owners. It's like, hey, yes, charge as much as you can that can be justified. Where I go back to like the Russell Brunson is whatever you're charging people, they should be getting 10 times the value. Right. And that's how like, you know, so make sure. And I think a lot of people fuck that up. And, uh, but that's where people are seeing it. They're like, oh, these people have money, so I can go in there and take advantage. It's like, so you have a very, very short term way of thinking. Right. 100%. Because that's not the way, that's not the way to live, dude. Yeah. At all. So, like, that was even like how in the beginning of your business, like, that was a big core construction value almost for it getting going. And it's, it's carried through. So I think that's really important. But I think having that data, but then having the culture, of improvement and being the best, but then also like having fun. It like it makes everything work because you could go over the data and you're like, okay, here's this stuff. Oh, why are we improving? Let's work on it. People are like, dude, we gotta have a blast, dude. I gotta have fun. I look forward to meetings every morning. Like I'm sad we don't yeah. have meetings on Friday. Uh, well, our team is literally asked to have start having meetings on Friday because they just enjoy them. Why don't you have meetings on Friday? I don't know. Just wanted to give them a day off. Yeah, they got Saturday and Sunday. No, they work those days too. <laughs> dude we all work like if you're not down to answer a text message on a sunday afternoon from a client like you belong nowhere in my company because i'll answer them and if i'm going to answer them you should you should be ready to answer a client on a sunday afternoon why don't you you want to share 
when I asked her, I was like, hey, why do you, what, what, what do you think allowed you to have this meteoric rise? I think you should share. I don't even know what I said. What did I say? Well, it was just really just came down to customer service. Yeah, I don't know if I know exactly, but I will tell you, yeah, it's customer service. It's like we're willing to do anything for our clients. They take precedence over everything. Like they're the most important thing in the world to us. We're appreciative of them. Every meal, every plate, every rent bill we pay, every bill, every car that we drive, every drip of gas that goes into our car to fuel it is from them. So we treat them as such. And we'll go above and beyond and do everything. And I'll I'll eat money and I'll lose money and I'll swallow my pride for my clients every single time. Because yeah, you know, that's that's nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to be right. Yeah. Well, I think when you are able to then deliver amazing results for your clients, right, and then you have a mentality of of servitude in your business. Right. Like, and that's the same thing that we do in gym academy. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, like that's a big issue. I just think in the consulting agency guru fucking space. Yeah. I mean, you, there's a, a popular dude that just like, I mean, he just shills courses. Um, and I think he just launched like some sort of sales course with these just uh, insane, improbable ish guarantee promises. Yeah. You know, and it's like, then you just know the delivery system. Not gonna it's all BS. When you look at some, when you look at this promise, you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's not going to happen for somebody getting started. It's all BS, but, dude. Yeah. I turned out to be a positive, nice person on this. No, dude, it was great. Super good. Good episode. See, for enjoyed me to do things when I'm in a bad mood. It works out well. This is true. This is true. Catch you all next week. Later, bro. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.